degrees. KPFA 94.1 FM, your cultural affairs radio magazine show produced by members of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program. Tonight's show is all about the people and things that make up the heartbeat of the Bay Area. Our guests have different methods of creating community, but their messages are the same. It is important for us to unite and create dialogue as we come together as a community. That communication comes in many forms as we will hear tonight. Mary Arose is an art activist who wants us to connect with our inner selves and with our planet. Miguel Azobe is a renowned artist who uses his skill with paint, paper weaving, and other mediums to spark conversations about labor and the value we place on things. And then we hear from Oakland Mine, the collective prepares for a fierce cipher competition, aka spoken word. Uh, we will hear more about that when they talk with David Delagrand. That's tonight on Full Circle. We're your host, Audio Desperado Ephraim Colbert. And I'm Teresa Adams. Stay with us. Who doesn't believe in self expression? I know I do. And the Bay Area is the land of plenty when it comes to the variety of things people do to express themselves. You probably know by now that the producers of Full Circle don't like to stay in one lane. With that in mind, we present artist expressions from a woman who is an art activist, a painter in San Francisco, and an Oakland hip-hop collective. That's right, Teresa. Let's get right to it. I had the pleasure of speaking with Mary Rose through Skype recently while she was attending a conference in Taos, New Mexico. She is an artist concerned with addressing the influence of humanity on the earth and larger scale environmental issues. Let's take a listen. I hear the river flowing down through centuries of thirst. The river has taken all the past before it. Taking the tongues and dances in its slow falling. River, teach me grace. Sacrifice the wisdom of the earth. May it alter my course as I walk the long. Tunnels into the depths of my own colors. River, teach me grace. Sacrifice the wisdom of the earth. May it alter my course. Recently, I had the pleasure of speaking to Mary Rose. Mary is a life coach, activist, and talented individual. 
concerned with improving the relationship with ourselves and the environment. In her current work, she has created a network of global sacred activism, which she expands on in this interview. My name is Maria Rose, and this is a name I've taken in the last couple of years, which is metaphoric for the work that I'm doing at this time. What are you working on currently, and what are you passionate about? My passion is reviving the feminine and healing the earth, and I've created a network for global sacred activism, which is just in its seed form right now, but it's starting to take root. And I've felt such a deep call to attend to Mother Earth during these times where we're going through such a huge transformation on the planet. And I feel we're really being asked to design our way of being to be more fully in alignment with her, bringing the balance back to the rhythms of life, honoring how we can be in right relationship to the earth with all of our actions. How does the work you're doing improve our relationship with ourselves and the environment? I feel that it always starts with something from within. If we're going to learn to be in right relationship with the earth and our surroundings, it, it often comes from being in right relationship to ourselves. How I see the work that I'm doing is it's it's kind of goes hand in hand. It's like supporting people on the personal level to uh, make those forms of inner awakening and transformation through their own spiritual process. And then also to be able to translate that into what transformations they want to make in their lives, how they can step up and be the change that they want to see in the world at this time. Can you speak on some of the initiatives you're working on? A couple of the initiatives that I have going right now is called Big Service Coaching. And that is supporting individuals that have a spark for service inside of their heart, but perhaps need the a deeper level of accountability to help them to bring that into action and fruition. And so that's one of the ways that I'm working with people is to help cultivate maybe these intuitions or impulses or something that's coming from within that's that's asking them to step up and to do more for the earth at this time and um, so I'm working with people in that in that process to to birth themselves into a higher form of leadership and the second thing that I'm doing is a Facebook group which is global sacred activists unite and that is constantly feeding this forum, so to speak, uh, with, with inspiring information of what people are doing around the world to be of greater service to humanity and earth at this time. Were there any events that sparked your interest in this topic? About a year ago, I was a part of an incredible movement, the Parliament of the World's Religions, which brought about 10,000 people from across the world together to dialogue about how we can create interfaith peace, we come together and we do um, tree planting ceremonies. So we do a ceremony where everybody gathers in the circle, prays for peace from their own tradition or from their own heart. And then together we plant trees and we also raise funds to support with reforestation on the larger level in places where it needs it specifically around the equator and places where natural disasters have wiped trees out. Where can we learn more about your life coaching, Facebook, and tree planting ceremonies? You can find me at whenmaryarose.com 
And if you sign up for the newsletter, then that will automatically uh, link you in to the Global Sacred Activism Facebook page. I'll send you a link towards that. Um, you're also welcome to engage me for a free 30-minute breakthrough consultation uh, for big service coaching. So um, you can also find that through the coaching tab on my website. And feel free, please, to initiate your own tree planting ceremony. Um, and there's guidelines for that on the website and also a Facebook page where you can post about your experience with your pictures. There's also a, a suggested organization where you can leave a donation for tree planting on the larger scale. But the, the important thing is to, to take action and to do something, um, whether that's taking a step towards me and working together or if it's taking a step towards doing something within your own life or within your community. What I'm encouraging you to do today is to be proactive. A seed fell into my dream one night. It was cracked in the center and the cosmos swirled inside. I drank in this primordial elixir. A woman like a wild cat told me that the old paradigms were crumbling. But not to worry because everything would be repurposed in a higher form. Over the earth, and she asked me to plant the seed with the promise that it would regenerate thousands of acres of ancient rainforest that had been destroyed by humanity. I never woke from the dream, and now I am planting the seed. Welcome back to Full Circle here on KPFA 94.1 FM, and we are planting the audio seed. On tonight's episode, it's focused on artists who use their mediums to address environmental issues, sustainability, reusability, and community. We just played an interview I had with Maria Rose and her tree planting ceremony project. To learn more about Mary and how to host your own tree planting ceremony, check out whenmaryarose.com. Yeah, that was an amazing piece very interesting. I kept having this vision of a field of flowers and her with a tambourine and it was very very mystical and interesting. Yeah. Um, We're going to take a music break right now and we will be right back. Stay with us. Well, hole, actually. Hole. Hole. As in holes. What? Andy Warhol. Andy Warhol. Like hole. Andy Biggest 
standing in the mall. Rest my friends up just for show. See them as they really are. But the people in my brain, to new pencil, have a go. I'd like to be a part of me. Put you all inside my show. Welcome back to Full Circle on 94.1 FM KPFA. You were just listening to Andy Warhol by David Bowie, rest in peace. In the song, Bowie references Warhol's wide range of creativity, from music to art to film, and captures what an important figure he was for the evolution of the arts. And what a figure he was, David Bowie, Andy Warhol. And before the music break, we heard your interview with Mary O'Rose. That's right. And for those of you who were listening in and needed that URL, it is whenmaryarose.com. Tonight, we are talking to artists who use music, meditation, images, and words to send messages about change. Yes. And earlier, um, we mentioned Miguel. And Miguel Arzabe is his actual name. So, Miguel, if you are listening, please accept my apology for mispronouncing your name the first time. And Miguel like Andy Warhol, is an amazing artist who uses many mediums. He uses paint, paper weaving, and other mediums to tell in, to tell people to ask questions about authorship, labor, and how we create value. 
Yes, and he found the majority of his materials at the city dump during an art residency with Recology. Let's have a listen. KPFA audience, this is Audio Desperado here, and I have the fortunate pleasure of speaking with Miguel. He is a Bay Area artist by New Mexico. So, Miguel, if you want to go ahead and tell the people a bit about yourself. Hi, my name is Miguel Arzabe. I'm a visual artist based in San Francisco. I work primarily in painting, video, and paper weaving. And your recent project combined all of those elements. Yeah, I recently just finished a residency at Recology, which is the place where all of the waste materials for San Francisco go to. It's also called the dump. And what I find so interesting about this project is you incorporated things that you found at Recology into your work. Yeah, that was the requirement of the residency was that the majority of the materials that are used, actually all the materials that are used in making the artwork has to come from the trash or from the waste stream. objects and records and tapes with music on them that inspired the work. The first thing that I really that really caught my eye there was when a recording studio in San Francisco was bringing some of their old recordings to the trash and these are old master reels of music from the 70s of probably musicians that never really made it and what caught my eye was when they were throwing these boxes of reels away, some of the reels escaped and they rolled away, leaving a trail of their tape behind them. So this got me thinking of new ways to play the music on the reels themselves. So I actually gathered some of these reels and filmed them unfurling their tape behind them, making kind of drawing. Yeah, and for those of us that are music lovers, the masters of any record are so hard to find. They're almost priceless. It's pretty incredible that you were able to even find these at Recology. Well, that's the thing is that you'd be surprised what gets thrown away. So much useful things and one-of-a-kind things get thrown away every day. And in this practice, it's like you've brought them back to life. They've served dual purposes through your artistic expression, but also people being able to hear them again. Yes, they served as inspiration for a series of videos, which I used other objects that I found in the trash, such as a box of papers, for instance. I filmed them floating down to the ground, releasing them from a balcony, and using soundtracks from other records that I found. Uh, One... uh, That one track in particular is called I Can't Make It By Myself by Stu Gardner, and that serves as the title for the exhibition.
what was interesting about this exhibition, and but I also appreciate, is you had informed the audience to please keep all electronics in their pockets and turned off so that they had to be a part of what was going on. Yes, so the series of videos that I made incorporated soundtracks from albums that I found in the trash, as I said before. So it sort of functioned as an album of sorts in the sense that when you play records for your friends, you can spend time listening intentionally to the music, but then you can also have a conversation and having the music as a background. So the videos served function as an album in that way. And for the finale, I wanted to have a performance, a live performance be like the bonus track on the album, one in which only the participants uh, at the show itself would be a witness to. The video was projected onto a giant canvas that was stretched from the top of a wall to the floor at an angle. And the whole night, the album was being played. And at the end of the night, the lights were turned on, the video was turned off, and it was revealed that there was a row of paint cans above the canvas. And so what took place was I brought out a record player and set it in the middle of the room and had the album whose uh, song gives the exhibition its title, I Can't Make It By Myself. And I set the needle on the record and climbed up a ladder and poured all 60 cans of paint simultaneously onto the canvas in a very slow drip that matches the tempo of the song. And so the cans emptied themselves over the length of the song. And it's really impressive. You also had pieces that incorporated hand weaving, is that correct? That's true. That's uh, one of the aspects of my practice is uh, weaving uh, these reproductions of art that I find. And uh, I had a series of three weavings that were from art reproductions of Picasso, Matisse, and Gauguin, and a large weaving that was made with using uh, actual art print, silkscreen print that I found in the trash by a local San Francisco artist that was dated to 1973. So the artist had kept this print all these decades in the original uh, cardboard backing with the plastic sleeve for all this time and then decided it was time to let it go. But I spotted it before the bulldozers came to crush it and I rescued it and used it as raw material, slicing it into strips and weaving it into a new artwork. I think the things that I chose to save, really, uh, I was trying to keep the things that I think have value. And um, this local artist's work I saw as having value and, you know, recontextualizing it in a new piece kind of gives it an, a new lease on life. And it was pretty clear from some of the music that I found that it was a particular individual's music collection. And I really think that 
um, the music that I found was so soulful that it needed to be heard again. And hopefully I was able to uh, highlight some aspects of San Francisco that, you know, we're losing, but we really need to try to uh, foster new growth. Was there any influence on your weaving project that comes from your relationship with New Mexico? Definitely the weaving came from not only a residency that I did in Santa Fe in 2012, um, where I made my first large paper weaving using, again, found silkscreen art posters, but also from my Bolivian heritage. Both my parents are from Bolivia, um, a first-generation American, and uh, the weaving sort of was a way to bridge the cultures that I'm a part of, the North and the South. Oski Nakai is a Navajo boy. His grandmother died. And then afterwards, he spoke these words about her. He said, My grandmother was a weaver. Many designs that no one knew but her children. She told me that weaving wasn't hard, so I tried my best. Now I know how to weave better than I thought I could. She told me I could weave good, so now I know. Sometimes I see designs when I heard sheep. And sometimes I don't. A lot of weaving was an influence for uh, modernist painting. So it seemed like a natural fit to use the weaving technique to shed light on the Western take on design and art. I'll be doing a residency at the De Young Museum, and this will take place November 2nd through December 4th. I'll be present in the Kimball Education Gallery there in the museum Wednesdays through Sundays, 1 to 5 p.m., and Fridays until 8.45 p.m. It's located inside Golden Gate Park, um, adjacent to the Tea Garden and the California Academy of Sciences. Excellent. Well, Miguel, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure sharing this time with you. brother is asleep. I look up at the ceiling and see my grandmother's designs. 
You're listening to Full Circle on 94.1 KPFA. Stay with us.
de, d'organisation Circle here on 94.1 KPFA. You are listening to Picasso's Last Words by Paul McCartney. At his death in 1973, Picasso's last words were said to be, Drink to me, drink to my health. You know I can't drink anymore, which forms the chorus of the song. And before the break, we heard Audio Desperado's interview with Miguel Arzabe about his recent work. I'm curious, um, Ephraim, when you spoke with Miguel, did he mention what the, uh, how the audience reacted when all of the paint cans started to uh, pour simultaneously in the museum? He did. And the audience gathered around and were full of excitement to see the slow drips of the different paints. And it was really nice that they were going to the song and the flow of the song, it was a great presentation and something I would never think to do myself, but it provided, you know, the the audio aspect of our performance with a visual that worked really well together. And it's also nice because, I mean, just think of the precision that's needed to sync the song and have the cans start to um, empty at the same time. And I know because he says, can't do it by myself, the the song says, can't do it by myself, does the audience get involved at any point? Is it interactive? I think that they do get involved as far as having to be in uh, full participation, but as far as interactive with touching the paints, no. Okay. Okay. I I think that was probably a wise move on his part, too, though, (laughs) to not let them have the physical interaction, but the the full undivided attention was uh, a good good, uh, effect. Engaged mentally, definitely. That's a great idea, and I'm sure a lot of people will love to see that. And they can find Miguel's work at the DeYoung Museum in San Francisco until December 4th. To learn more about the exhibit, visit deyoung.org. F-A-M-S-F dot org. Miguel will be there in person Wednesday through Sunday from 1 to 5 p.m. and Fridays until 9. Now we're going to take another turn in the show as we hear from David De La Grande, who spoke with the members of the Oakland Mind Collective, the group which uses hip-hop to tell stories about community, plans to participate in a mind-blowing event next week. They also plan to use their faith in the community as inspiration to get them through the upcoming Guinness Book of World Records competition for team freestyling. 
Uh, yes, they do. This event is labeled Black Friday Festival, A, because it takes place on Black Friday, and B, most importantly, because the group wants to encourage people to do something other than donating their, quote, hard-earned dollars to spending money with big corporations. Some might find it difficult, but it's not impossible to do. I don't know how many people know or even think about the definitions that have been attached to the term Black Friday through the decades. Long ago, business owners would mark their company losses in red. And at the end of the week, they're looking for a profit. So when they found one, they would mark that information in black. And then in the 1930s, after the stock market crashed, the term was associated, and rightfully so, with one of the worst depressions in U.S. history. And then retailers were anxious to turn a profit, so they decided to turn this phrase into something positive. And that is when the Black Friday that we know, that we're so familiar with, was established. Companies offered deep discounts to customers. This represented being in, quote unquote, the black, so to speak, to both the store owners and the customers. And then two years ago, in 2014, the term represented a call to action from activists who said, no justice, no profits. That was the rally cry for African-American consumers who boycotted Black Friday in response to a grand jury's decision not to indict Darren Ferguson, the police officer who shot Michael Brown. Now... Sentiments are running high. The 2016 election has made it uncertain for some, bringing to light racial discourse and a range of issues that have depressed this country, which is now in need of healing. But for others, it's just another Tuesday. Through knowledge of self and rediscovering history, many have begun to realize that the imperialist system, which oppresses with so much malice and bias, is primarily economic. Communities need economic healing from distorted ideals, and the Black Friday Festival seeks to do just that. The Black Friday Festival, or BFF, focuses on community healing and upliftment through celebration of culture, while encouraging a boycott of the extractive imperialist systems that have been so economically, physically, and spiritually oppressive. The artist community is fully on board with at least eight Bay Area hip-hop collectives who are conscious of the world's ills and intent on healing and who, together, aim to break the Guinness World Record for Team Cypher or Team Freestyling. Awesome. Yo, folks, this is Coffee J, Executive Director and Founder of Hip Hop for Change, and we're ecstatic to be rocking with the Black Friday Festival at Colombo next week. Uh, we're setting up for the Guinness World Record Team Cypher. Currently stands at just over 12 hours, and I know Oakland can smash it. So we're rocking with the Oakland Mind. We're rocking with a lot of other folks like the ROTC. There's so many groups out there, and this is sponsored by the Akinati Foundation of Oakland as well. Uh, so come out, rock with hip-hop for change, and let's beat this world record and make it one for Oakland. Yeah, another beat, but you know we just rap every day, so we doing this bitch. Dog, just to get paid, man, beats kind of slow, had to find a different way just to save my people out here feeling lost, trying to do the dish, because I was double-crossed, couldn't gloss over 
facts, but it's hard to relax. Every time I'm in the streets of the O, I'm breaking backs, trying to track all my vocals, man, at my crib. But it's all good, feel like I'm missing the rib, got the kick. All these habits, man, and that's sad. Every time Donald Trump, he wanted, man, more than half, I just laugh. Man, it's the same thing. Republicans, Democrats know what I mean. It's just a damn good cop, bad cop situation. Everybody, man, with so much frustration on their face. Why they hating? But you know I keep replacing. I be putting it down. I keep having dreams like Jason. I'm acing on my damn test, trying to be the best. But I'm about to pass the mic to the damn right or left. I spoke with Najee Amaranth of the Oakland Mind, and this is what he had to say. What we're talking about is the Black Friday Festival, also known as the BFF. And that day, we're going to break the Guinness Book of World Records for longest cipher. The Oakland Mind and your collective, your cooperative, everything that you're involved with, uh, what, what are you bringing So with Oakland Mind, I want people to really understand what life can be. And I want people to see different points of view and just, you know, be able to open up their minds and really be accepting of other ways of life so that we can come together. And I also want people to honestly mobilize. It's not just about music because I feel like music is not good enough by itself. Music should inspire action. And those actions should create more harmony. So like you listen to the music, you vibe at the shows. It's like, okay, that's all good. Now go out and do your own thing. Go out and do what you love. And, you know, this is a real community move. It's not just about, like, our egos. But what it's really about is setting the standard for hip-hop. Setting the standard for Oakland. Showing what Oakland can do. Putting Oakland on the map as a pinnacle for music, art, and culture. Are all of the, the hip-hop collectives um, straight from Oakland? Are they based on this area code? So a majority of them are based in Oakland. Some of them are actually based in San Francisco. And, you know, the thing about Oakland Mine is that Oakland is not just about, like, Oakland. It's not just about the land. It's about the people. And the people from Oakland come from all over the world because they realize that they're, this here is sacred ground. This is sacred land. And, you know, Oakland Mine, it's like our job to take care of that land and to take care of those people. Where did this uh, idea come from? Um, you know, we host, we have a cipher every Thursday. So it's like, it's only natural that, that that evolves into like, you know, other events and being able to push ourselves and push our limits. But it, it just comes back to the community and being being able to like bring to the community. You know, the, the community will be able to say for years to come, Oakland holds the record for longest cipher. And, you know, they set the record high. So that's what it really comes down to and that's what that's what really inspires it. But the ciphering is something that we do innately, something that's like ingrained inside of us, you know, it's part of who we are. So we're using that that vehicle of ourselves to promote the truth. Can you define a cipher, a cipher circle, and can you tell us what the rules involved are? The voice is the people. You know, it's, it's a circle. There is no hierarchy. Everyone is equal. Whether you're a first-timer or a 60th-timer, everyone's on the same plane. Everyone gets a chance to speak, and everyone gets a chance to listen. 
And one of the most beneficial parts is to have somebody really listen to what you're saying and like really break down your lyrics and really want to hear you as a person. And that kind of spirit and that kind of vibe, it really helps people to get into better places. And that's one of the most beautiful things that I've ever seen. Some of my favorite cyphers are like Maldito. Man, that one time that you spit, you were going in. Um, Greg, Che, Krishna, Delhi, Max, Shino, Chef Lee. Those are like some of the top dog cyphers that I know like personally in my heart. This is El Maldito, acapella freestyle. In my freestyles, I get wilder than the hurricanes on the Serengetis. These people that walk around with no pity, they try to give you these parlays. They like to partay harder than any capitalistic trust fund that seems to spread her leg and muck. I said we came out head first and I didn't expect to be the same dead leg walking around with a dead peg, ready to have be shot in the head, walking dead, regardless if the color of my skin was brown, white, yellow, any kind of Anglo-Saxon, negro. I am however you want to kick it because people talk about racial terminology because they don't really want to manifest it that's the fish about this american dream it arrivals by the seams daily constantly intertwining with the same apology letters to the same presidential elections that don't want to manifest their understanding of what it is to levitate walk on the ground shaking the tectonic place of this emotional baggage that we carry like my letters i don't give a damn about you if you don't give a damn about me that's the problem with this american dream we're all trying to chase it for the money the same so-called taxes and the people that want to be the bigots the same people that try to act like they're bigger than you putting their foot down on your back we just want a warm piece of the sidewalk to sleep on while these pawns are still moving in the pond same light they try to extend their arms but they don't understand that their life force is not of course they're not choosing the same old hand over fist this is the underlining plan that tries to stab you in the front never in the back i sit back and i relax i don't count my checks it's not about that as these candle lights burn i turn the other page i walk through the maze because i'm just in the gaze incense and all love and respect the checks that you cash don't matter yeah. Still flowing so deep. Still up in them streets. Still men with the peace, but still saying the least. Every day I just feast, making the hate and cease. Toe to toe with the beast, on the real say the least. Then try to do most. Real talk overdose, leaving cats comatose. Spitting this so damn dope. Suckers, they want to quote. Don't even flow boats, but man, I just go. Real talk, I just blow. Man, do it day. Man, do it the night. But it's all good. Still, we out of sight. How much endurance does it take to to, um, to cipher for? How long are you guys going to do it for? We're going to do it for 36 hours, man. And that takes a lot of endurance. The longest I've ever ciphered myself is six hours. Three hours by myself, followed by three hours with one other person. And that 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 was intense. Like, my tongue was hurting, my mouth was hurting, my brain was hurting. And it, it really takes a lot of practice to be able to cipher for that long. But at the same time, the more you cipher, the more you want to cipher. And when you're in the circle of people who are really just getting down... Like, your inspiration levels go through the roof. What, um, uh, I guess there are kind of rules to being in the Guinness Book Book of Records, right? Um, I'm sure you guys have, like, researched this or something. There's something that has to happen, right? Yeah, so it it has to be continuous. And, you know, it's kind of unclear. It's a little ambiguous at this point to us, I'm not going to lie. But from what I hear is there can be no space more than four bars without somebody spitting. 
<laughs> All right. Um, so uh, exp- explain to me a little bit how how your vision of this event is affecting the, the your community and uh, which community is this that you're talking about? Man, I'm talking about the black community. I'm talking about the artist community. I'm talking about the healing community. I'm talking about any any person from anywhere who is down with righteousness, who is down with harmony, who is down with honesty, integrity, you know, who is not afraid to speak their mind. You know, those kind of people are the people I consider in my community. And the ways that this event is going to help is we have healers and we we've been able to also secure some funds not only to pay the healers but to pay the artists who are participating in the cypher so we're going to pay the artists who are participating we're going to pay the healers we're also we've also paid the space and we're bringing out different vendors from the community and bringing other people in the community together to work on this project but different vendors from the community so that the community can invest their funds in itself as opposed to investing in the corporations and the big banks on black friday hi my name is daniel wayne lugo i'm an artist known as el maldito and i will be vending at black friday festival in oakland california i have an interactive card game called malditoria and this explores various stereotypes stigmas and identities in mexican-american culture and i'm very excited to be there vending at this festival it's a good way to build community and i'm super fortunate and blessed to be a part of this and going to push some good stuff out for everybody why um, Black Friday? Why specifically that day? Man, you already know because Black Friday has its history soaked in slavery. Black Friday, do your research. But we're taking this day back. We're claiming this day as our own day. We do not want to go out and spend money with these corporations and like invest our time and our energy and our money in consumerism. We want to invest our time, our energy, and money in each other and build a community. So we we took this day, and we're taking this day back. The reason I want to get sponsors is not so not to help us out, but so that they can have their name up there with like with holding the record. So it's like it's not only like yeah, Oakland Mom's holding the record, but all these other organizations are holding the record with us, and this record could not happen without them. On a personal note, why hip hop? Man, because I love hip hop. Because hip-hop is the language of the people, the language of the streets, the language of the burbs, the language that everybody and their mother has already heard. Sacred is the land of Oakland, that's the town. Out here you hear the helicopters, that's a steel bird around. They invading, they invading. It's shocking, like raiding. They protesting, but not really, they just doing it for the raids. Let me explain. See, it's all about emotions. It's all about water. It's all about the way we move. It's all about the energy, the vibration, the groove. And they groove, if you don't know, be solo. That's why I'm out here solo with the Cypher Circle, the Oakland meeting of the minds. You can find something one time. We put it up in the air one time. I can feel the Kundalini in my spine. But let me get back to the emotions. The emotions you see is the currency, and they value the root, the chakra, the low. So if you didn't know, they opposite a globe. So they rob stoves, they burn down. They bang with them gun sounds from sun up to sun down. And you find out on the back end that they blame it on the black men. But it's okay, because we know, we've been about that action. But we ain't protesting no more. 
We ain't protesting with marching. We protesting with Martins, Malcolms, and all of our martyrs, our forefathers. We protesting with our economy, with our art, with our screams and our cries, loud fists. And it's okay because we put down the fifths and the four-fifths, picked up some books and realized we was only three-fifths of human. That's some shadow if you didn't know. That's some shadow for your soul if you got black skin. That's the melanin. But we all can if you see the frequency. But our frequencies, cause I'm more, son. That shine, soul, if you didn't know. My name's Josh, and this is the Oakland Mines. Hey, yo, this is realer than life. I had to deliver it to you. Chivalry, it's going on when you go against the night. Uh, I feel the life. And I feel it seeping from me every single day, and I'm smiling just because it. Everything that is gifted, the question that was asked, the man who wearing the mask, the mask is the face. Underneath is the spirit soul. Y'all can't never get the regular, you know, it's gotta be spiritual. Passing the mic around like it's a ritual. This is something that we do habitual. Oakland mind all the time with the rhymes. Holla. This is Krishna Cox. I'm in a field full of potatoes, about to smash up like the Incredible Hulk. Way too mean, I'm way too green. Feel like the brightest star, the one that's unseen. Way too mean, way too lean. Feel like lighting up, way too much kerosene. Uh, I'm such a deal, I'm not European. Please don't send me no subpoena. You can't see me hitting in the dark, feeling like John Cena. Uh, going coast to coast like I'm Space Ghost, like your favorite host. This is reality TV, of television, uh, telling lies to your vision. Uh, read the secret scripts. Is there is there is there a website? Give me some of that contact info. Man, Oklahoma.com. Well, I'll, maybe I could just leave it to you. Anything else you would like to add? Yes. Love yourselves. Take care of yourself. Love yourself enough to educate yourself on what's going on in this world. Love yourself enough to make enough finance so that you can be comfortable. Love yourself enough to go out and do the thing that you really want to do. The thing that you barely even believe is possible. Because the only way that you'll be able to succeed in doing it is if you try. Nothing beats a failure but a try. Love yourselves. So how does um, Trump becoming president-elect change or affect things? Man, we're trying to set a tone of the truth, and we're not going to let it really affect us. We're not going to talk about it. We're not going to worry about it. He's not even going to be in office until next year. So we're going to have fun. We're going to enjoy ourselves, and we're going to represent our community the best way that we know how. the Oakland Mind Collective, you guys, and um, they will be at the Black Friday Festival next week. The last thing we said before we aired that piece was that um, one of the things that happened in 2014 was that African-American consumers boycotted Black Friday in response to a grand jury's decision not to indict 
Officer Darren Wilson, the Ferguson police officer who shot Michael Brown. Um, I don't know what Black Friday means to you, but we hope this year you consider how you spend your dollars and where the money goes, who benefits from the places you decide to patronize. Times are changing, and it's up to us to make changes that are positive, that have a positive effect on our communities. Speaking of changes, our colleagues David and Sylvia have a great show next week about food justice. You'll be amazed at some of the changes you can make in your neighborhood. Also, we have a community update. The Social Justice Center of Marin invites you to a panel discussion regarding KPFA radio in the emerging technical world. Please contact 415-388-2821 to learn more. Tune in next week to Full Circle at 7 p.m. here on KPFA. Check out our website, kpfaapprentice.org. There you can listen to and download our shows and see photos of us and our guests. The executive the executive producer for Full Circle is Miss M. Our technical director is Free Will and Franklin Sterling. Jor Moore is our production consultant. Dennis Roos and J.C. Howard are on the board. And Kat Petru is our technical assistant. We've been your host. I'm Teresa Adams. And I'm your editor, Desperado. If I am Colbert, we're out. <laughs>